0: Hello and welcome to episode 131 of the In Squash podcast. I'm your host uh, Jerry Gibson and I hope everyone's safe, everyone's healthy, staying inside, self-isolation, quarantine, whatever you want to call it. We've got to beat uh, this virus and that's the only way to go about doing it. Uh, today on episode 131 we have Greg Laubin. Uh He's currently um ranked number 22 in the world and it was really enjoyable chatting with him it was great to see uh, him sort of come into his own this uh, 2019-2020 season he seemed to be building up quite a bit of momentum started the season quite well winning the Cleveland Classic and then uh, parlayed that into some really good performances later on in in the uh, season including uh, the Edinburgh Open where he got to the final uh, beating Paul Cole and Daryl Selby along the way losing out to uh Kareem Abdul-Gawad in the final and then avenging that loss at the Canary Wharf to Kareem Abdul-Gawad. So uh, in 2020 season, he's beaten world number five, Paul Cole, and world number three, um, Kareem Abdul-Gawad. Uh, and the Canary Wharf was also an event where he beat uh, the mercurial uh, talented uh, player, uh Mizun Hishan in the first round and then went out uh, later on to Marwan uh, El-Shabagi um, after that. So having to play three Egyptians uh, on the trot there, uh, a tough ask, but he really handled it well. And uh, he handled uh, his first visit to the In Squash podcast really well. Really enjoyed chatting with him. We also talk about uh, the fact that he and his wife uh, Donna both got to the final of the Edinburgh Open. It would have been uh, one of those Renim. players uh, um, Tarek and uh, Nor Ali situations had uh, had he won, uh, he had a, a tough ask against Karim gawad but uh, uh, Donna did win, and we talk about uh, what that meant to him and, and them. We also uh, discuss how they're handling uh, COVID-19, how he's trying to keep his eye on the ball, stay sharp for when uh, the tour gets back underway, probably uh, in the early fall or late summer. Uh, not quite sure yet, but uh, we talk. Uh, a bit about that. And then also, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, check out his toilet roll trick shot. It is unbelievable. Watch it carefully, watch it closely, because it's absolutely amazing. And he does uh, Daryl Selby on this one. But pay close attention to uh, the shot, because it, it it's, uh, you know, probably something you have never seen uh, before. It's, it's extremely impressive. So, uh, at any rate, it's Greg in episode 131 on the In Squash podcast. Enjoy. Well, thank, thanks for, uh, for doing this. And uh, really, first of all, just uh, let me say I've uh, been following you uh, as a player for the last little while, uh, I guess the last couple of years since you started uh, really making a name for yourself. And uh, I really like your game and uh, really, uh, uh, really happy to have you uh, on my uh, fledgling squash
1: podcast. Nice. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, cheers. Now, um, just want uh, uh hope everything's okay with your family. Everyone's safe and healthy. Uh, so.
1: Yeah, everyone's good. It's a yeah, bit of a strange time right now, but everyone's good and in my family anyway, and, and all healthy. So yeah, all good.
0: That's good. Yeah, I, I just heard, I guess it's, who is it? Uh, he's not your uh, Prime Minister, but uh, Boris Johnson's going through. Yeah, your, well, yeah, United Kingdom five Prime five.
1: Minister. So yeah, it's, um, yeah, he's looking uh he said he's stable but yeah he had to get taken to hospital the other night so yes, um yeah someone else is sort of running the running the country at the moment which is a bit bizarre but um yeah i'm sure yeah, some
0: people don't mind that
1: yeah well i'm sure a <laughs> large majority okay, like,
0: shouldn't laugh i guess but yeah.
1: someone else uh, running it but no he's uh yeah hopefully he's uh he's all good and yeah comes through
0: it. absolutely he's a squash player allegedly so uh
1: Oh yeah, really? Of,
0: uh, I, I've oh, seen them with a, They've posted pictures of them with a with a squash racket. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, well there you go. Play as much, but uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you guys are holding up well. Um, so you're quarantined. Are you in um, yeah.
1: Scotland uh, right now? Yeah, I'm in Scotland at the moment. So our our my original base, well my base at the moment is in Sheffield. Um, okay. Before the lo- before the lockdown happened. Um, we came up to Inverness just to spend a bit of time with the family. The sort of the PSA tour got called off and we thought it'd be a good time to go, go up and spend a bit of time with family and then when we got here in, in a matter of a few days it was uh, everything was in lockdown. So yeah. Um we've been here for three three weeks now and um yeah, in, enjoying it. It's a good um we're kinda yeah, house banned most of the time. You the UK guidelines state that we can go outside of our house to essential things and like yeah. supermarket job or medicines but then just one exercise per day outside of your household as well so um yeah we're trying to make the most of that when we can and um but, but always obviously abiding by the guidelines and and doing it instead of an open space and there's plenty of that around
0: absolutely yeah that, that's the way to go That that's pretty much what it's like here I, i'm in the uae right now yeah. and um, uh, and uh, it's the same thing. We we have to be uh, inside between the hours of uh, 8 p.m. and 6 a.m. And then we can oh, really? only go out for essential essential things uh, outside of that time. So I'm pretty much stuck in in around my place. But I, I do probably like, I'm sure you, you're going to tell us a little bit about this later, but I've been
1: running around the compound that I live in. And mm-hmm.
0: It's been, yeah, it's been, uh, that's what we got to do, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's just a different way of life now, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's it's a, it's a it's, you know we saw this we we knew this was going to happen. I mean, uh, but no one did. No one took the precautionary measures, did they?
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Now, for for the, I mean, everyone knows who you are, Greg. Uh, the people who follow the um, um, uh, PSA tour, uh, but uh, a lot of us might not know a little bit about your backstory. Uh, I'm Canadian, so. Uh, For those of us who might not know uh, very much about your backstory, can you just fill us in a a little bit? Maybe your junior days and how you got started in the
1: squash? Yeah, sure. So I'm... So yeah, I said I'm originally based in Sheffield at the moment, but when I I grew up in Inverness, which is um, in the north of Scotland, um, and sort of spent my first um, 16 years here, Growing up, I was never really into squash. I was a very late starter. I probably started picking up a racket and hitting the ball off a wall probably when I was about 12, 13. Okay. Um, but I did have, I was a tennis player, badminton, football. I had a whole range of hockey. Got a sport called shinty, which is the North Scotland sport. Shinty, I've heard
0: of it, but I never knew. Uh, the guys from Scotland out here, they talk about it all the time, but, but I, yeah, I haven't a, a clue.
1: It's a bit, yeah, it's a bit rough. It's like hockey, but there's no. no is it like her, Is it
0: like hurling?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Pretty <laughs> okay, much like that. okay. You know, okay. You the elbows, sticks, everything. So, all right. Um, so yeah, I I played a whole heap of sports, and um, so I, I generally had pretty good hand-eye coordination, and um, yeah, up in the north of Scotland, it got too cold one winter, basically for tennis, which I was playing, and the squash courts just sit there courts the tennis courts are frozen over so the squash court came out and said well you can't play tennis today but why don't you come in and have a game of squash so i did that and basically basically fell in love with it pretty much straight away there was two lovely heaters at the back of the court that warmed up warmed me up and yeah, uh, yeah there i was just uh hitting the ball around for hours
0: and i guess you uh, at that time when you just, i guess started getting into squash that would have been around the time maybe when peter nickel and the, the uh, John White, I get, you know, he, he's sort of a Scotsman. Martin Heath, yeah. obviously. Those yeah. guys are, were, you know, sort of uh, uh, at the top of the game. So that must have uh, motivated you because uh, those guys yeah. are just, yeah, just, exactly. just fantastic. I think I, yeah.
1: yeah, it was easy. It was easy to follow it then with um, with Peter being so well, doing so well at the time. I think he was number one when I was about 12, 13 when I did start. So, um, yeah, it was, it was fun to watch, watch those guys play. And, um I remember going to a few events when I was younger. Yeah, fourteen, fifteen. When I did start falling in love with it, my dad took me to the British Open and stuff like that. Oh, so yeah. I did get a little bit of a taste of of what it was like. But to be honest, my junior days, I was I was okay in Scotland. I was never a top junior. Um, I was maybe three or four in the in all my age groups. And mm. to be honest, like my best finish at a British Junior Open was fifty six. So like, okay. I, had, yeah. I had no right. <laughs> really after my junior career to kind of go on and and have a senior career um i'm not sure really what clicked i still don't really know now um really yeah it just about 18 years old it was well, I, would it
0: have been something bit, like not you know finishing at 50 in uh, in those uh, junior events did that sort yeah. of light a fire under you you were
1: a, a little bit but i yeah. never i never thought squash was ever a career that i could Take it was never really presented to me that I could actually earn a living off playing squash. Um, it never really occurred to me until maybe I was eighteen and I entered the. I think I'm almost sure it was the Edinburgh Open, and I lost. I, I lost in the first round, and it was yeah, it was three nil. But I think I got paid like sixty pounds, so maybe like eight dollars <laughs> yeah. for it. And I was like, are you serious? Like I've I've essentially lost a game of squash in 20 minutes and I've earned 60 pounds or $18 or whatever it was. And to me, that was just, it, at the time, it's not an awful lot of money, but back no. then it was, oh, it yeah. was my own. Yeah. Like, oh wow, like this is it's going into my account. And um, and then after that, I kind of, there's no other way to describe it. I just kind of worked my bum off and um, and just thought if, I could do this by winning a few matches imagine how much money I could make and um yeah it was never really presented to me like that before and um and yeah it just kind of came from there and then that's when I knew that okay it's I if I work hard enough and I do get good enough then I could make a career out of it so that's kind of where it started.
0: Yeah, it seems like uh, Scotland's always over the years. They seem to have had a fairly decent uh, infrastructure for for squash, maybe at the junior level and at the hmm. senior level. And I've, I've had uh, a couple of guys on recently, like uh, Neil Gibson. He, he was on. We hmm. talked a bit yeah. about uh, the training and stuff. And I've spoken with the uh, with my rival podcast uh, fellows over there at the, the Squash yeah. Pod. I think a few times. Okay. Yeah, but uh, and I think one of the guys over there may have been a coach on the team, but I forget his name. At uh, uh, the squash pod podcast he's a coach uh at, on the uh, scottish men's okay. team but if, i'm okay. not sure what his name is but uh, yeah. uh would you agree to, with that the the scott the, the infrastructure there is relative you know fairly yeah I mean, they
1: have got uh got squash from when i started they've always had a centralized program in edinburgh so it's always been the case, if you're a good enough junior, you can travel to Edinburgh, train with the national coaches. And that was always every month I was down there. I wasn't necessarily seeing the improvements all the time that I would have maybe liked to as a junior, but it was always like, if you were a top junior, top junior in Scotland, you got that support there. It was always the squash support, it was strength and conditioning support, nutrition support, so all those sorts of things gave all the juniors a really good base to work off and um, I used to love it going down it was not I don't think at every sort of national federation you get to work with the top coach in the country and that was always a massive incentive for me to to get down and learn from yeah the best and most qualified coaches in Scotland so they've always done it pretty well everyone loves playing for Scotland I'm not sure if that's a sort of just a national pride thing Mm. or yeah absolutely
0: uh, a lot lot of pride in the Scottish uh, blood isn't there
1: yeah, sure. And I think yeah. and having that centralized program definitely does help. So, um, yeah, they've, they've set up a good foundation there for a lot of players coming through.
0: Brilliant. Brilliant. Now let's fast forward to now. Okay. Um, currently, uh, you posted it on, uh, on Twitter there. You're, you're frozen at number 22. And, frozen, yeah. yeah. Frozen yeah. at number 22, which is a good thing maybe. Uh, yeah. but, uh, although, uh, there, there's good reason for for your jump to your highest ranking uh, 2019 this season started really uh, well for you. you had a couple of early wins, one in Cleveland that I wanted to talk to you about. Um, that, 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 I mean that that's a fairly reputable respected uh, well respected event. It's been going on for a number of years now. Yeah. and uh, you played and, and defeated Victor Coin in the final. Mm-hmm. He was just on my podcast. a yeah. uh, really nice guy, really uh, you know good squash yeah, player. Great squash yeah. player, and uh, but uh, before we talk about that one, uh, I'm Canadian, so obviously you might want to, you might know where I'm going with this question. You uh, you happen to play legend uh, Sean Deliere in, <laughs> in the second oh, in the so, so, second yeah, round, so yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I mean, he's known to be you know one of one of the more quirky uh, guys uh, out there. Uh, he has a great sort of his own style of fitness. It's a big yeah. thing for him. Uh, how did that match go and what what was it like uh, playing Sean? You've probably played it maybe. I don't yeah, know, you're young. I you may have never, him, never played honest. him before.
1: No, yeah. never played him before. Okay. And to be honest, I don't think even playing him before would have had any advantage to knowing his style because Sean could come out with anything on one day and something completely ridiculous <laughs> on the next day. So. Yeah. and I mean that in, a, in the nicest way possible he's just he's a g- great guy I, I only started to kind of know him a little bit more on in that week to be fair and he just yeah. and then I spoke to him a bit in Qatar at the world championships and it's great he just loves it he loves squash oh, loves yeah. Yeah. life and um to be honest I think you can take a bit of um learn a few lessons from Sean and that he just he goes out he enjoys it he makes sure he he gives 100% to what he does and um yeah luckily in the squ- in the squash um terms of it on that week i managed to get it, get one over on him um 3-0 that day so that was good but i think i lost the first 6 points i think i went 6-0 down the first game and i remember <laughs> it was in about 14 seconds as well and I, that yeah. hasn't happened in a long time <laughs> Where I just kind of was five or six nil no down, thinking, "What has just happened?" Like he just pulled right. out shots I hadn't seen. Yeah, the magic run. wand. Yeah, going. yeah, yeah, completely. And luckily, he started hitting the tin a little bit after that. But he was, um, yeah, he took me by surprise a lot. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, make sure I'm on my toes for absolutely anything next time I play.
0: <laughs> absolutely, yeah. And then you got obviously you got to the final and played uh, Victor Quinn in the final. Um, excellent player and he's had some good results uh, lately yeah. as well uh, yeah, really and, how, and how did player. that match go for you
1: um i won 3-1 but it was very tough um i remember thinking at the end of the fourth game that it was he made it extremely difficult for me to to win to get over the line and um i didn't really expect anything less from him to be honest like he's a good young player mm. and yeah for him to be in the final of a 20k was, i think was maybe maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was his biggest final um, on the PSA circuit, and um, yeah, I thought he played very well on the day, so um, tough match, and I know next time I play him, it's going to be exactly the same he's really good, really talented and um, I think one of the things I learned from him that week is that he works extremely hard um, there's when you play the sort of lower down events it was not, a, it was not it wasn't a low standard a low um tier event it was still a twenty thousand but it's the difference between a twenty thousand event and maybe a platinum event you see the different sort of mentalities and different professional um approaches each player takes and um when I arrived at that one I was number one seed and can probably see the players that are gonna sort of come through and really start challenging the top guys and yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the ones that maybe will always be at that level. Um and Victor was one that you can certainly see that he's going to be up at the top of the top of the rankings with his professional attitude, and I was really impressed with him that week.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, well, I mean, the French are just you know going from strength to strength. It seems uh, all the time. They you know beginning with Linke, and Gaultier, uh, yeah. and now uh, a bunch of very good young players coming through. So uh, yeah, they're a force to be reckoned with. But you managed yeah. to get through. Uh, that one and win it and then uh, you went to one of my favorite clubs uh, of all time I've played there a few times the Hong Kong football club uh, yeah. what a f- fantastic venue that is uh, yeah. what was it like to uh, to play there and to win that
1: event um, I played at that club a few times now because they did have the qualifying or they still do have the qualifying um, well sorry no they don't anymore but the first few years I played the Hong Kong Open they always had the qualifying <laughs> Hong Kong football club and yeah, they give you access to all, the, all <laughs> the facilities there. And it really is probably the best best sporting club in the world that I've been to. It's, mm. it's phenomenal, really. And, um, Incredible and member, you, members uh, club. Yeah, eh? yeah. yeah ex- exactly. It's, it's exemplary. So um, yeah, fantastic week. That week was actually one week before Cleveland. And then I went on to Cleveland. So it was the Hong Kong one first. Um but that was my biggest tournament um title today. date, a thirty K and Yeah. Um yeah, that was my my biggest one. So that that is always special when you win one that's slightly higher than the, the previous one. So <laughs> um extremely pleased to win that one and uh yeah, do great. you remember,
0: uh, uh, you know, the the center, of the show court with the stairs, with the steps and stuff going up there? I don't know yeah. if you remember. On the left, uh, you see all the plaques that they had uh, yeah. on the wall area. We've put a, a couple of mine from my days when I was in Seoul. Uh, we took oh, yeah. our team and played their their okay. their team over there. So we have a few plaques up there where that, that's the kind of I think it's a colonial tradition or something. They do it in nice. Singapore, Tokyo. Yeah other places. So they, uh, that, that's yeah. what they do. They exchange a plaque at the end of the, uh, at the end of the bench. Yeah. So nice. yeah, yeah, it's a great, great facility. Yeah, but, um, yeah. yeah. Now, um, uh, so you mentioned that was your biggest win, but, uh, I mean you went from there and, and it seemed like you, you just took some, some great squash and you kept going forward with it in the bigger events. Uh, fr- you went from there. I think, uh, the, uh, had good result in in your hometown or on your home soil there at, at the edinburgh uh mm, open edinburgh. right uh, you i mean you had a huge win over paul cole mm-hmm. and then uh, daryl selby um and then uh, losing out to a cream in the final but i guess probably uh the most uh the highlight of that weekend would have been getting uh you and your wife get, mm. both getting to the final i mean we've heard of it with um Noor and uh, Al Ali and Raneem and Tarek, but now yeah. you're you're up there,
1: right? <laughs> <Not>
0: <laughs> How is that? How did that feel?
1: they a slightly uh, bigger scale than we are, but it's, nah, um,
0: come on, you're not that far back.
1: <laughs> ten <laughs> points, ten written. yeah. True, true. There's <laughs> yeah. um, there's there's probably yeah, there's there's not many weeks that um, or yeah, not many weeks in the year that will sort of have a good result at both um at both tournaments there's always yeah as I said like 90% of the time you're either picking up one person because they've had a bad result or they've lost that day the Donna's got another match the next day or whatever wherever the yeah. situation is but that week we kept on having good results and um with yeah me obviously having the win over Paul and um Donna won all her matches from the quarterfinals, three two. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was just, it was, yeah, it was just one of those weeks that we'll always look back on with really fond memories. And um, yeah, it, there's no better feeling than when you're both doing well at the same time. So um, yeah, great week for both of us, and um, yeah, one that we'll definitely remember.
0: Was that uh, that was a big win for her, wasn't it?
1: Uh, yeah, it was. Well, she yeah. she's obviously been as high as 13 in the world, but she has had a few injuries but last year it was a big one and had to get um her LCL um uh, lateral ooh. ligament in her knee um uh, like surgically worked on and uh, so she had about a year out last year. So this was her first birthday title back since um since that and she's already back. She's at the number twenty two now as well and that's probably only taken her about eight months to get that's back great, to there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she's playing really good stuff and um she, yeah, she you guys look
0: like you're playing well uh, out there uh, outside in the uh the quarantine space the, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. that's uh that's controlled volleys it's pretty good yeah. yeah yeah well uh <laughs> we'll
1: uh, keep posting a few more then but that's uh that occupies us for a couple minutes each day <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah 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 but uh i mean for you anyways that, that was a huge uh, weekend and sort of uh, laid the groundwork for uh for the next event. But, yeah, for sure.
1: Um, I think that was, um, that was, yeah, the win over Paul, sort of. What yeah. happened
0: there? Tell tell me how that, how that played out. Uh-huh. I mean,
1: yeah, I'd love to tell you, but I'm not, not, I think I just did everything that, I've been, myself anyway, knowing that I can compete with these guys and I can beat these guys in, sort of, single games or a game and a half, mm-hmm. but the difficult thing to do against the top players is to, you only have to play three very good games like to and you could have two shockers but as long as you win three games yeah, yeah. that's fine and i I've, I've sort of felt like I was getting two games or two and a half games and winning these but never really getting the full three and that takes a lot of sort of physical attribute mental attributes and all that sort of stuff and on that day I just felt like I never had a I never had that curve where it kind of I dropped off for a few points here and there it was just kind of like neutral the whole time playing very well obviously but just kind of having no dips in concentration um and I just bat myself really like I was at, I was at home home crowd had yeah. nothing to lose like it's very cliche but it's, nice. it's it, it gives you that extra bit of it probably gave me another few points just to play in front of home so home crowd and home on home soil so um yeah there was no dips in my form that day and things just went my way and yeah I won 3 nil, and um yeah, probably the best the best result of my career up until for that point yeah
0: yeah absolutely and uh, I don't know for for me anyways when I've had when I've played my best and I've had my biggest wins uh, in my limited uh, career but uh, mm. um, it's it's almost like you the match is over and you, you kind of you're not you never really thought too much about it it just went right. by so quickly and Uh, Yeah, everything clicked and then boom, it's finished.
1: uh, Yeah, well they have that thing about just saying that you're in the zone and you don't really remember like the last few points, and that happens quite regularly, to be honest. That's a good thing, isn't it?
0: I mean, if you if you start thinking too much,
1: (laughs) exactly. They'll say, "Do you remember that shot at five all in the first game?" I was like, "Oh no!" Like I just I'd have to go back and watch it because I'm just so. Yeah, I was just in the zone at that point, not really knowing what's going on. Well, knowing what's going on, but everything's very controlled and you're just very internal in that moment in time.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, then you had Daryl next and that that was a bit of a battle.
1: Huge battle, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, for nearly two hours maybe, on that court. So um, yeah, It's incredible.
0: It, I mean, I mean the, guy, the guy, I'm not sure how old he is, but he's still capable of playing those battles, isn't he?
1: Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's very annoying. Um <laughs> he, he, well for two games, like I I carried on like I was playing the previous day against Paul, I was feeling so comfortable, I was two nil up and Darrell probably wasn't he would probably admit himself he probably wasn't playing his best stuff, but I probably wasn't letting him at the same time and um yeah for two and a half games I was feeling very comfortable and then he just dug his heels in. Um and these top guys the guys that have been at the top of the game for so long, they don't have to be playing their best staff to to win matches. It's they they know how to find a find a little clink in your armor. And um,
0: did and, did he pull out any trick shots? Uh,
1: no, none that I can remember. But if he did, oh. I was probably just turning a blind eye to them. Um, <laughs> he, yeah, he's he's the master of that. So I'll yeah. I'll leave the trick shots to him. Yeah, exactly. uh, he he found a way back in and. Um, yeah, it made it very tough for me to win, but it was one of those ones, again, that maybe I wasn't playing my best stuff in up in that fifth game, but I managed to kind of sort of come through it, and even that sort of result, the previous day I was playing my best stuff, the next day I maybe went through patches of not playing my best stuff, but I still like found a way to get over the line, so that kind of gives you just as much confidence as... Yeah. I was going to
0: ask, like, what do you, I mean, we've all been there, right? You've built a lead. You've got, you're up two love, maybe five, three, or and then suddenly this guy digs in his heels and, and he's won that game. Then he's won the second game and you, everything just starts to slip away. What do you, uh, how do you, how do you approach that when, when you, when that starts to happen?
1: Um, I think the most important thing for me is just trying to remember what exactly was working for me in the, in maybe in those first two, um, the hardest part of it is you you've basically lost all the momentum in that from losing from being two 0 up to then two all. Your opponent, your opponent is just carrying all that momentum with them. So the the thing I sort of say to myself is make it. I know what I need to do, but I just need to do it ten times more like disciplined than I was even in the first two games because you know this is going to be much harder to get back with them having the momentum. So yeah. I kind of like to sort of set myself a challenge with it, and just say that it's going to be harder. But this is this is when you find out what you're really made of, and um, and yeah, sort of sort of challenge myself that way, and know that if you do come through it, it's going to be even sweeter. So yeah, um, so yeah, that's why that sort of win meant a lot as well.
0: Brilliant, it's brilliant. Now I'm going to get to Karim abdul Gawad in a second. I mean, personally, he's one of my favorite guys to watch out there you can yeah. imagine why it's so silky smooth yeah. and plays the game incredibly well yeah. but uh, from that event uh, you went to Canary Wharf and uh, I mean in the, the unenviable uh, position of having to play three Egyptian magicians in a row right mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the first match uh, there you played uh, Mazen uh, Hisham yeah. uh, a guy that uh, I mean sean Deliere, but uh, a, a different kind oh, of well. sean Deliere. Yeah, he's yeah, just yeah. you get on the court and you don't know what's going to happen but you managed to 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 get him there um what's it like to play him and what do you sort of uh what kind of mindset do you go into that match with knowing what that guy is capable of doing
1: yeah it's a, it's a difficult one like the uh, the taxi driver, not the taxi driver. there was like uh, the drivers at the event basically picked me up at the hotel, and it was just me in the car. And he, I was kind of thinking about the match the whole day, but he kind of said, "Like, what's he watched squash?" And he was like, "Oh, well, I know you're playing Madison. What, what's your tactics?" And I was like, well, <laughs> "Yeah, like, I don't, I know what I want to do, but I partly, I, I know I'm not going to be in control of this match whatsoever. It's, it's all going to be." On what Mazin's doing and if Mazin had a good day I'm I'm not sure anyone could well I'm not sure there's many players that could have stopped him so I kind of went into the fact happy just knowing that okay what am I what can I control and then yeah. the other stuff I can't really worry about so I didn't have a, a specific um, tactic against Mazin I've played him before and um, I just sort of thought that yeah control what I can control and I knew he was going to open up the court. I knew he was going to go for lots of trick shots, lots of very flamboyant shots. So it was pretty simple. Make sure, mm-hmm. you make sure the majority of the play is straight. Make sure I'm keeping it out of the tin and making sure it's physically really tough for him. So
0: yeah, uh, playing like Peter Nichol.
1: Yeah, 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 maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, he he did that pretty well. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah this, I, I'm dangerous. Mazen is, and it was on a good day, um. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I would I would take him, but I knew he wasn't he wasn't 100 with his movement and um, but then a lot of athletes and a lot of squash players aren't at every no. event anyway, so you just have to deal with that and um, yeah I did my job and thought I played well, so I was happy.
0: Yeah, brilliant. And then uh, having having just lost to um, Kareem Abdul-Gawad, you ended up having to play him next. I mean, he's former world number one, former world champion, current world number four. Uh, You've played him a few times. I think you've had, you know, reasonable results maybe against him. uh, What was it maybe that you took from that final in Edinburgh that you brought with you uh, to the match uh, at Canary Wharf? Because uh, obviously, uh, I mean, you played maybe, maybe your best squash
1: that day. Yeah, um, yeah, I've played Kareem heaps of times. I feel like every time I reach a second round or a third round in a platinum event, I end up having to play him. Um, <laughs> and he is one of my favorite players to watch as well. Like he, as you said, like he's so smooth, very economical. Um, and the stuff you can do with the racket is just insane. Um, His backhand
0: is just incredible,
1: right? Yeah, and the, I think I've learned, to play him enough now that I don't ever hit the ball there um, <laughs> or try to, try to limit that sort of time. Cause even when I watch him now, I just uh, cannot read where he's, if it's in the front left-hand corner, he's, he's unbelievable. I think he's, that's his best corner and um, one that I'm <laughs> petrified of. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm not, I, I think I took a lot from every match I played him and I took some confidence knowing that I have had some decent results against him. Never mm-hmm. never beaten him before, but taking games, I know I challenge him. I know he, he's he doesn't seem like he's that settled when he plays me. So I took some confidence knowing that. Um and then knowing it was best of three, just kinda knowing those Yeah, sort of I forgot yeah, I forgot
0: about that. that. Best of three, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah it was a best of three and you just you know that you just have to it's not a huge difference, I don't think. Um mm-hmm. But you know you've got to adapt and I know the it must put a lot more pressure on these top guys knowing that it's best of three and it's out of their kind of comfort zone as well, playing mm-hmm. a lower-ranked lower, lower player. So, it, again, it's just one of those days where everything came together. Um, and, yeah, just having that confidence, knowing that I'm capable of, of beating and taking two games off these guys all the time. I just needed to do two games this time. So, um, yeah, played really well. Um and I think I won the first game reasonably comfortably, and then he started warming up into the second. And um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but thankfully I was I had a big enough lead kind of to hold on.
0: Was your was your tactic maybe to just sort of make it make it hard, make it physical? Because that sometimes I mean it doesn't always work with Kareem. It doesn't seem to me, but sometimes when it does get a bit physical, uh, uh, he I'm not his fitness is obviously it's great, but. It, it can sometimes cause him problems,
1: yeah, I think the maybe his yeah his physical attributes are maybe the the best on tour, but the reason what makes him so good is because he never really has to move <laughs> he's like he <laughs> just kind of sort of dances yeah. around that that little mini circle in the middle of the court around the tee and um i mean yeah i I tried to make it as hard as it for, hard for him as possible, and um i think i'm I made him feel really edgy from the start of that match, so. Um, yeah, my my tactics were to sort of yeah, of course, make it physically hard. I try to against most of my opponents, but he just to basically sh- stretch him out as much as possible, never leaving the ball in the middle where he's he's most comfortable. And um, yeah, I, th- I thought I did a really good job that day, and pro- on paper, definitely my best result, and it was probably one of my best performances as well.
0: One hundred percent, yeah. And then, uh, obviously, you were you were disappointed to lose the next round uh, against Marwan, another a talented, extremely talented player. Um, I guess you you may have uh, you may have had uh, lo- maybe lofty expectations going into that one. May- maybe lofty is not the right word, but but you know having having had really good results leading up to that event, li- yeah. leading up to that match. Uh, I just I read your Twitter uh, comment there. You, you, mm-hmm. you seem to be A little bit despondent about it so how how how, how'd that match go for
1: you yeah i was really bummed after that match to be honest because it was one of those ones where you you have sort of the biggest result of your career maybe it's it's canary wharf it's one of the best tournaments in the world really good crowd um so i was kind of like on cloud nine for since that match finished against kareem the night before and then um the next one starting against marwan and i had a yeah, about yeah, probably twenty four hours to kind of to kind of cool down and and get over it. But I can't sort of stress how much I kind of thought about that, thought about my match with Marwan, and not necessarily thinking about what I'm going to do tactically. It more kind of changed to, okay, what's this match going to mean? What's this going to mean if I can get through another round? Like I've never been yeah, to yeah. Top eight of a top of a of a gold or a platinum event before, so. I was in unknown territory, and um, it was so. You took
0: yourself out of the process, maybe.
1: Uh, yeah, 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 completely. And I, I like ran my psychologist uh, on that on the following morning after the cream match, and that's exactly what he talked about. Like thinking about the process, taking the outcome away from it completely, but it's it's so hard to do. Like when <laughs> yeah. when you know what that what another result would do to would would do for you in your career and it's very hard to stay in in that present and like knowing that you've done like 10 years on the tour like it basically it doesn't all come down to this match of course it's not I was never thinking that but it would be like okay this is the break that that you need like one more one more round and and you're in I don't know you're in I wasn't necessarily thinking about the rankings but I was thinking about okay this will jump you up a lot of places this is what is going to achieve your goals and yeah. It's, it's very hard. It sounds so stupid to think about it now and think like, why was I doing that? So, <laughs> yeah. so often that well, I,
0: I was talking to, uh, I had Jonathan power on uh, mm. my episode, episode, 100. And, uh, he was, he, as you know, it's coaching uh, Diego uh,
1: yeah.
0: a bit. And, um, he was just saying, you know, the, the biggest difference between getting from even where Diego is now to like that top, uh, uh, and winning tournaments consistently is isolating every match yeah. making it you know just one thing and, and going from from match to match without getting ahead of yourself and that's the difference uh, according yeah. that, that that's the way he uh, yeah i think
1: it. it's pretty it's very good advice and i think it's um yeah i think he's kind of spot on the thing i'm glad about is that i've I've been there and done it now. Like I didn't yeah. I didn't play well on the day. I, like mentally I just wasn't there. Like I wasn't I just felt like I was in this bubble and I couldn't necessarily just think about that being in the present. So now next time I get there I'm not gonna be in unknown territory. Like I've been there before. I know what it feels like. Um so maybe yeah, maybe I needed that. I'm just trying to um sort of there's always a positive to take. So I think that yeah. that is a positive next time I get to that round, which hopefully will be when the tour resumes again and um i'll have already felt that feeling felt what i needed to do the night before the day of the day and um yeah learn learn from that lesson so i didn't play well but marwan one didn't let me into yeah, well he's so. a
0: he's a good player <laughs> he, he can and do a lot with that ball he's both done the
1: best and yeah. knowing that when someone's struggling he's always going to take advantage of it and he yeah. just was brutal in the sense that he knew Probably sensed I wasn't playing my best, but just kind of put the foot on the gas and never let me have two or three points in a row. So um, yeah, he's, you don't want to come against Marwan when you're not exactly playing your best squash.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I guess, like you said, it sort of alluded to to the fact that it's uncharted territory for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. in, in in the bigger events, going up against the you know like three three very very strong guys in a row. I mean, have uh, and having won two of them. Uh, I guess it, it's pretty easy to get out of your, uh, you know, out of that process. And,
1: yeah. Uh, unless yeah, you're sure.
0: used to, to winning those matches.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's And I think everyone would probably be the same. I think even the top guys probably went through a bit of a period of that and sort of been maybe getting their level of arousal and and um, too high into those matches because they know it's, a, know it's a big deal. So, um, yeah, the sort of late in the tournament goes on, you see um, – yeah, the sort of level, of the hype sort of gets up. You're just you're practicing with the best players in the world. You're only eight players left, and that and that draws. So it's a completely different feeling than turning out to play a first or second round. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll be used to that next time and uh, learn from that lesson.
0: Absolutely, yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, uh, hopefully uh, we get started again in July or August, whenever it is. But now um, I was just wondering what. During this time, how are you? uh, I was just speaking with Jethro uh, Bins from Squash Skills uh, the Mm -hmm. other day. Uh, I'm just wondering what you're doing now to obviously, uh, cardio strength and conditioning is fairly, you know, we can manage that. Uh, But what about your squash, the squash element of it? How how are you sort of uh, trying to keep your eye on the ball so that you can hit, maybe hit the ground running in some way? (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, guess, um, yeah, it's a, it's a different one i think um yeah because we got the news a few days ago or a week ago now that we're not starting again until um the earliest july for the world tour events it's not going to be until august so um mm. i've kind of sort of switched off from all sort of squash um squash specific training should i say um in the sense of i'm not worrying about Watching my matches back, analyzing it too much, um, because I know that if we start in August, it's going to be August to August of just full, fully cram squash. So I know that when I get, when I'm ready to start of get back in squash, then I'll do that, and I'm not going to burn out by by next year because I know that when it starts, it's not going to stop for a while because yeah, yeah. tournaments are going to want to hold tournaments, players are going to want to play, um, and stuff, but what i have been doing for fun is sort of yeah i've found a wall in in my hometown in inverness that i can go down and hit a few balls off with donna and um yeah that yeah, it looks it, like
0: it looks like a nice wall it, it looks wall. like it looks like, like it'd be uh, one of these nice outdoor court walls
1: it could easily be a glass court because it's like <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like glass panels so even okay. the sound like it sounds like you're playing on a glass court so um no, yeah, no could,
0: one's booted you off the off the facility
1: yet <laughs> not, g- not yet but i feel like it's only five minutes from my house but i feel like next time i go down if they see it on twitter there's gonna be no ball games on the okay on, yeah. the, on the wall so um but yeah so far so good and um yeah that's even that for fun is keeping my eye in. and i've turned my turned my living room here into a bit of a squash court with a Sort of an upside down wooden table with a sponge ball that I can just hit off, and that sort of um, yeah, little things like that. that Keep your touch. Yeah, keeping the touch and keeping 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 it interesting without getting too serious. I'm not. um, I think it's a balancing act. If I was already getting into squash and um, and stuff like that already, I know I'm going to sort of burn out mentally by the end of the by the end of the time we do want to start getting back into it. So. Um, plenty cardio plenty of weights and Mm. and
0: what kind of cardio are you doing are you just running or uh
1: Uh, running we've got a good um set of stairs 100 sort of stairs staircase outside in our local sort of village and um that's very quiet no one sort of goes there because they don't want to climb up it so um (laughs) it's very very quiet that we can do sessions on and um yeah little circuits outside that we're getting programs with our strength conditioning coach so um, there's plenty of stuff to keep it interesting, a lot of skipping. We're doing some ghosting actually as well, just to keep mm. the squash specific movements in.
0: Like John um, Barrington in, in the back garden.
1: Yeah, sure, sure. So we've just got to wait until it's not too <laughs> slippy with all the rain that's happening here. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah, it's um, yeah, keep, just keeping it fun and keeping it um, interesting for us both.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, I did uh, for my money, uh, the toilet paper challenge, that that title definitely goes to you.
1: How, no, how yeah, many takes
0: absolutely. did that, that? that, one take?
1: Handful. Handful.
0: <laughs> that was good though. Uh, very impressive. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, Straight in there. Straight in there. So, straight in. Yeah. It was um yeah, good good fun. I think I think Darrell actually started it with the toilet paper challenge. So
0: he started uh, it, yeah.
1: Kinda kinda took he, off. He probably wouldn't have road. liked
0: to uh, he, he probably wouldn't have liked what he saw.
1: Maybe not. Maybe he feels a bit challenged now, but yeah. um I'm not doubting that he'll be spending his next few days coming up with someone in better, so um, we'll see, see if he carries on
0: yeah now uh, just before you go uh, Greg uh, uh, in I think it was a re- recently you you gave a lot of props to uh, to Tim Garner of the the PSA uh, for what he's doing behind the scenes just give us a uh, you know if, if you don't mind elaborating on, on what you were saying about Tim because we real, I mean obviously uh, I've been to the Super Series in Dubai I got to see him uh, at work, and he was always running around. He he was always doing something. Him and I uh, think Lee Beachill as well. But uh, yeah. what is it uh, about Tim that we might not realize the work that he puts in behind the scenes?
1: Yeah, I think um, uh, he just kind of make he's he's probably had the advantage that he's been a squash player and knows what he liked and what maybe he didn't. Like and about tournaments, so. But he he literally knows stone turn with this the preparation for the event during the event and after. You'll the thing at the Canary Wharf, if you actually see him watch a match because or watch any rallies because he's too busy trying to make sure the players that are not on court that they're happy that they're in position that they're that the food and the drink are served upstairs for for all the VIP people and. Um, Yes, he he just put every sort of detail that you could think of with the hotel, and he makes sure the players can get transport uh, transport over and free sort of uh, free transport and that sort of stuff. It's um he gives like meal vouchers for the local restaurants and stuff like that. It's, it's little things that the players really appreciate, and um he's not under any obligation to do those things. It's just out of the generosity and out of him just wanting to make sure the players come back because it can it can benefit him as well right if the top guys love the event they'll they'll play it again and they'll come back and then he sells more tickets so it's I think it's it's (laughs) worthwhile doing and it's um I think PSA works extremely well with people like him um sort of being promoters of tournaments and and helping that the PSA grow each each year it's um it's a phenomenal job he does and yeah, Canary Wharf is still—it's not the biggest event on the tour prize money, but it's one of the best for. It's
0: one of the most prestigious as well. It's been around for yeah, for a, for a long time. time. Alan Thatcher's uh, a legend there.
1: So he's still going the voice. Yeah, he's, yeah, um the voice. Yeah, he's, he loves it. He yeah. loves it. So, um, yeah, he still did a good job down there with promoting squash. And um, well, I'd like
0: to play in the the media uh, challenge event. I'm I'm not sure if a podcast qualifies a media. Uh, I'm sure, I'd, yeah, sure. Just, I'll, just I'll send have
1: to a, send a message. You'll, um, you'll be right in there next year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I'll get to the final and, uh, maybe see you at the podium
1: Sure. next year. Sure. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, uh, Greg, I really, really appreciate your time. Really enjoyed talking to you. Stay safe. You and Donna as well, yeah, uh, you and too. your family and, uh, let's do it again sometime.
1: Yeah. Cheers, Jerry. Cheers for having me.
0: Well, thanks a lot to Greg for that. A, a real talented uh, player there, and he was making a move just before uh, COVID hit us. He had a great result at the Canary Wharf, did really well at the Edinburgh Open, won the Cleveland Classic earlier in the year, and proving that he's uh, capable of beating the guys uh, in the top 10 and uh, ready to make inroads uh, up into uh, into that direction. He's already 22 in the world now. so. Uh, you know, he said he wants a freeze I think uh, as soon as uh, we get back to playing he'll be moving on up again so uh, thanks a lot again to Greg and uh, everyone thank you for listening uh, we've got some more podcasts coming I'm going to try to keep them coming fast and furious uh, one thing that's been added to uh, the podcast page on SoundCloud is a little place for you to drop a few uh, nickels or dimes or whatever you want into the hat it's through PayPal Uh, next to each of the episodes so if you feel like donating I've put out 130 of these uh, so far I don't have any uh, sponsors I haven't really been uh, uh, searching for them but if you feel like donating a little bit uh, to the podcast please do so there's a little uh, link next to each episode for PayPal donation so anyways uh, everyone stay safe stay healthy Uh, good luck with your uh, self-isolation covid uh, squash training or whatever what have you we're hoping to have on uh, jesse engelbrick by the way uh, to discuss uh, his home squash uh, videos that he's put up for squash skills and maybe he'll take us uh, maybe we'll take a deep dive uh, into that one Uh, we've got some other ones coming up too including uh, allison waters that's coming up in a few days Uh, give Uh, have a few more of the ladies on uh, haven't uh, been as prolific with that of late and I apologize for that but um, anyways uh, yeah. again everyone stay safe, stay healthy stay inside, Uh, let's beat this thing and get back on the squash court goodbye now